Diamondbacks podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. Once again, I need Shane to get my damn sack back. This man next to me, Mr. Electric himself, Tom DePause. And of course, very excited to have my vice mayor, Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman, back in the house. Uh, first, do, do we want to say something nice about the nice things that our diehard did for us? Oh, my we, God. Like, yeah, you guys in our diehards community are incredible. Freaks. Made, made this guy all misty-eyed, by the way. So uh, I've never seen Derek cry. <laughs> I pretty much saw Derek cry. He pretty it much saw me cry. Pretty it's much. Cog's his fault, It was too. as Cog. close <laughs> as I think Derek is capable of getting to, to crying. To human emotion? Yeah, it's a human emotion, you know? <laughs> It's fair. It's fair. Diehards are different. Yeah, you guys really are. So we love you. We thank you so much. Uh, We can't express enough how much it meant to us that you guys helped to celebrate our second anniversary right here at PHNX. And All City is just continuing to pop Mm. off. So uh, we are really thrilled to be part of this family. And we are thrilled to have you guys as part of the family. Uh, We hope you're not working at all today. We hope you are taking the day off. We uh, have some more people that we want to give the day off to honestly uh and it's uh, every home plate umpire we want to give every home plate umpire (laughs) today and every day off because uh of course you know me i want robot umpires behind home plate and you know again i know that they'll still need to be back there right no yeah you're not you're not really giving them the day off i'm just giving them less you're just responsibility yeah Yeah, that was my conspiracy theory all year is that the umps have purposely sucked so they can get the same amount of money to do less work mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because they won't have to call balls and strikes. Yeah. It would sort of be as if like like Saul came up to me and was like, you know, we still want you on the show, but like we don't really want you in charge of what's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so like we want you on the show, but we want to tell you exactly yeah, what to GPT's say. Right that's <laughs> basically what is potentially about that's to happen. That's what we got Jesse Major Jr. Like for. That's what, that's what, yeah. So he can make Jesse Jr. talk and he can. Did somehow. you tell him about Jesse Jr.? I did tell him about okay. Jesse I, Jr. Jesse he, Jr. Is, yeah. is the name of the snake. Yeah, it was Jesse my Jr. Understanding is the correctly? name of the snake. Yes. Yeah, that How that did that correct. happen? JJ we Snake. Look, I don't, we don't know. I there's a resemblance. I think we just miss you. We I think missed we you a lot. Like, a lot. You were gone a lot, and we just did. We we wanted to replace you, but we really couldn't replace you. So we went with like your a, son, a, a, a child like yeah. version of you that's like half diamond back, half human. And yeah, that uh, seems yeah. reasonable. Yeah, that's basically that's basically what happened. But uh, I have no further questions. No further questions. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, well, we don't want to just replace you with a stuffed snake. We do want to replace the umpires with robots. But uh, it appeared that robot umpires in some form were coming to baseball in 2024. But that is no longer the case. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. Uh, we we spoke with uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred a few months ago uh, during the All Star break, and he talked about some of this then. Um, and it kind of seemed like robo umps in in whatever fashion, whether it be the challenge system or just the straight up system where where umpires are back there, but they're just calling everything from what the robot tells them. Uh, it, it seemed like there there have maybe been some some obstacles that have come along. Uh, along the way uh, back when we had that conversation it seemed like major league players and well, I guess minor league players really were uh, were more in favor of the challenge system than just the straight up system where it's just robots running the universe basically um, AI. robots running the universe yeah, that's, that's basically what it what it equates that, to that, that's what the writers and the actors in California right now are fighting against is robots <laughs> taking over the universe so Correct. I completely understand it but yeah, there there have been some issues with with the technology itself and, and getting it to a place where no matter which version of the system you use, getting it to a place where players are comfortable with the strike zone that uh, that this system is calling and where it doesn't seem like we're quite there yet. Well, right now at in AAA, the league has been switching back and forth between full on uh, robot umps and and the ABS system, right, or the challenge system. So right. Um, like part of that, I feel like that comparison as a player gives you a fairly good like way to be like, I, I don't like this one as much as I like this one because yeah. you're going back and forth between the two and you're getting it. You're, you're seeing the problems with a full on robot ump back there. Um, players appreciate the human element of, of umpires. I mean, even when they're wrong. 
in a sense, right? I mean, I, I think players are used to umpiring being done a certain way. Like, mm. right, it's the the stereotypical, like, if a player, if a pitcher is around the strike zone, they're going to get a few more calls right off the edges than a pitcher who's not at all around the strike zone. Mm. And theoretically, that's a problem. Like, theoretically, the, yeah. the strike zone doesn't change depending yeah. on who's on the mound. But hitters have, are used to it working that way. That's what we have a problem with sometimes because we take screenshots from game day and we throw it up there and we show like how like hey why is it that justin martinez yeah. isn't getting this call versus the opposition's the pitcher contest. getting this one right yeah and yeah like you said a lot of it is how they're pitching otherwise not just that one pitch being in the same places another pitcher's yeah. same pitch yeah i mean I, the interesting thing to me is like I don't think people are ever going to be happy. So who are they going to blame? Like when the robots come and there's no like, who are fans going to blame? Who are they're going to be like? Ah, that's outside, Blue, and it's like, yeah, okay, but we, science says no, it yeah. was not. It yeah. was in the strike. Like, who's the villain? Who's then? the villain right? at that yeah, point? Yeah. We need somebody that we can all hate universally, <laughs> yeah. right? The umps and, are, are the umps serve a very important purpose right. in the baseball ecosystem. Oh. Not that they still, but like the 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 the, the, the Room to blame umps is becoming smaller and smaller. Yeah. And we're going to at some point what have to be held accountable fans, for our own actions. Yeah. What would baseball fans do without it? I don't they know. They have to blame their players for not being good. Honestly, it's what galvanizes <laughs> yeah. us sometimes as fans of opposing teams. And it's right? always nice you when could games be like, look, we don't like you and you don't like us, but we can all admit this guy's an asshole. And yeah. we're like, yes. Yeah, and we all, we all do that thing where it's like, I know we got blown out 10 to 1, but. Also, it's not the only reason we lost, but the ups sucked. <laughs> us, us two nights ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We lost nine to one, and we were like, the ups were but dog shit. It didn't, it's not why we lost. There were the three were calls shit. that we can point out where you <laughs> made an awful call. Spent 15 minutes talking about it. <laughs> yeah. As, like, as far as the ump stuff goes, though, that's always been my take on it. I love blaming somebody. Yeah. That's the best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm a fan of the challenge system. Like, I do think there needs to be room. <laughs> more blaming. More yes. blaming. Well, no, more blaming. No, no, no. More you know what it is? Of it's, umps. Yes, and, and it's not just blaming, but it's it's Public having an answer. <laughs> it's having a judge yeah. in that moment make a decision and be like, nope, you know what? We're going to see who was right, yeah, right? Like, yeah. I had my friend, Mo. You guys know Mo. He's a troll from the chat. He was famous for any time we were having a debate. And this is going to show how old I am, but like when Google was kind of a newer thing on our phones and we started Googling all the time, oh, Mo would never let us debate anything because Mo had to say, no, what are we, deb- what are we debating? Let's just get an yeah. answer, right? Like sometimes in life, we need that, especially if you're married. You know, you would love someone to step in uh, like those. I, yeah, just give you an answer on who's right and who's wrong. What was it, like scenario. those progressive commercials? Yes, with those the with, the, yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the challenge flag, yeah, right? No, I mean, I do, I do love in theory like you need – to be able to blame umps, but I think <laughs> the challenge system is awesome for that reason because yeah. then you can blame them and immediately be like, ha ha, told you so. Well, or umps can be like, ha ha, told you so, shut up and get back in the box. There is a good, there are good times where umpires aren't calling the game the way that a robot would. And that's when like, it's a blowout loss yeah. or yeah, the there's weather a position sucks player on the mound and yeah. they, they throw a, an EFIS pitch that like starts about five feet above uh-huh. the strike zone, but kind of drops onto the plate. Yeah. And they're calling those strikes because everyone wants to go home right. at this point. Right. It's like as much as we want every call called right all the time, there's just some times where, where, where we also don't really want that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think players in, in some ways, they have an appreciation for like big moments in, in games. And like we don't want to lose a game because of a bad call. Yeah. I think everyone, sure. players, I think everyone can agree on that even the umpires because they don't want to have that blame yeah the umpires they're not out there trying to they're not out there trying to like blow games because of or swing games one Mm -hmm. direction or another with with bad calls and so that's what the challenge system gives you is an opportunity to make it so that the game is not heavily weighted one way or another because of the umpiring and yet at the same time you get a lot of those human elements that we're talking about the players legitimately appreciate and if players legitimately appreciate it then why are we trying to get rid of it entirely i'm gonna be sick when somebody loses a perfect game or something like that because of a a borderline pitch that a real ump probably would have called the strike and probably been a strike in that situation and then it's not because it's technically not a strike but i think everybody other than the batter would want it to be a strike. You feel me? Do you know how many conversations I've had with people about the game day bumper area oh, yeah. where if it's here, yeah. it can be a ball or a strike. Like it's like, you guys don't understand. It's not a razor thin 
line like it looks on TV when they throw the sh- yeah. throw the strike zone. So and when you go to like the umpire auditor, they always show like the ump's true strike zone because, as I always say, like I'm more about consistency yeah. than anything. So yeah, it's yeah. like obviously it's not going to be perfect, but as long as it's consistent, like there's. Yeah. I, I love when it's this shit. Yeah, like it's, it's just like, like some sort of it looks like the rings of Saturn around a planet. Or something. <laughs> You're like, what were you calling? Um, but I mean, according to Statcast, umpires do get 94 percent of the calls right. So it's a six percent margin of error there for for umpires making mistakes. A lot of that has to do with that area that I'm talking about, where if it's in there, it doesn't get called against them as a bad call. But uh, like like you said, they're really not trying to call the game poorly. I just don't – I wonder what um, how umpires feel about the challenge system because I feel like the challenge system really does work. But one of the problems, at least conceivably, that we have when we've seen these umpires toss managers or players, we've heard the arguments, we have John Boy to break down uh, the oh, lip yeah. reading for us. Yeah. It, it does feel like – there's a, a pride situation there for umpires a lot of times about being called or told that they're they were wrong on a call or whatever. So it's like I don't know at times it's like the umpires are going to have to swallow their pride on that and they're going to have to just let that slide because that's it's going to be a gigantic like ha ha you were wrong moment on a big stage for them in some yeah. games. But I, think, but I mean they're used to that right yeah, because exactly. of instant replay. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. happens all the time. I think that's alternatively true. it's like a certain amount of pressure being taken off of them where it's like because I think I mean I'm sort of fully aware that they're not perfect and like they have to make split second decisions. Correct. I'm sure there's plenty of times where if they were like ah if I could sit here for a few seconds and I had a beat to think about it. I might have called that differently. And, and so there's a certain amount of pressure where like if they like, I, I mean, obviously you think about the, the Armando Galarraga thing, right? Like, and obviously we're talking about <laughs> replay in that situation, but like that does not happen if there's replay because the ump yeah. can fuck up in the worst way I've ever seen an ump fuck up. But there's something that someone there to, to have their back. There's technology there to have their back. So I think yeah. obviously there, there is a certain amount of like, as opposed to, being able to get into it with a player and then just toss them, the player can challenge you and immediately up sh- like upstage you. But as Jesse said, that kind of already happens with that, replay, yeah, and I think they would yeah. rather the game because in the moment, sure it might suck, but they would rather the game get played and when the game is over, them not be a story than right. them screwing something up and then that pain kind of being elongated because everyone's talking about them. And, and afterwards yeah and and no matter which version you use whether it's just robots all the time or this challenge system that i think all of us seem to prefer a little bit more major league baseball wants to make sure that the robots have the zone correct yeah that yeah. you know even if you're using the challenge system if a call is challenged you want it you want it to be the correct zone and not necessarily the correct rule book zone but the zone that players are used yeah. to from the time they were four years old right yeah you don't want to suddenly change yeah. that right that these guys really- are like halfway through their careers and that's what major league baseball is struggling with right now and i think that's ultimately why this is going to wait a few more years is uh from what uh, there's a story on on baseball america that has some some good information about this uh it says the abs strike zone has set the upper and lower uh zones of the strike zone based on percentages of a player's height so that that doesn't seem like a perfect system necessarily because it doesn't adjust for like where your knees are like not everyone who's six it, foot two yeah. would have their knees at like yeah, the and, same and everyone, height. people yeah. have different stances and stuff like right. that different too. stances right. yeah those things are not being accounted for and i think that's that's sort of the the source of the issue right now jeff what they're bagwell, trying to get right jeff bagwell would have never <laughs> been able to get away with murder like he got away with in the late 90s right. with but this kind of system. that article also said that that's one of the tweaks they're making right at the end of this triple a season is that they're gonna adjust the way that they yeah they're adjusting it right now sensor type thing yeah Yeah, they're they're experimenting with it right now and it does say in here that you know even if they were to implement this immediately next season they were planning on incorporating you know crouching and you know making it a little bit better for for the majors in in some ways uh but this is something you you want to get absolutely right yeah uh i know jason stark also wrote a story about this over the at the over the athletic and he talked about how uh, you know, for for really for players that are huge like Aaron Judge, their zones tend to be a little bit smaller in reality than what like the rule book would say it is for sure. someone that size. Because and for, an umpire's not used to calling a zone that 
Yeah, yeah. Six, and, and it goes the other way. Like if you're Jose Altuve, your zone theoretically should be tiny. But in 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 reality, in practice, umpires don't actually call it that way. Yeah. And you don't want to suddenly make those guys' zones change enormously, you know, just, just because of this this new system whenever it's implemented. The technology is there because, man, my yeah. Xbox 360 Connect used to be able to tell where my elbows and my knees were <laughs> based on yeah. my movements and shit, right? So it's like it's not to say that they can't find a way to like use that um but they also talked in this article about par- uh, factors changing from park to park which i don't really understand because yeah that was in jason stark's story that how- that would be a problem <laughs> yeah like how how uh, just based on the fact that the systems are different or calibrated differently or something of the sort they shouldn't be yeah theoretically it's run by hawkeye it's installed the same way in every in every park uh theoretically uh, but Major League Baseball has said, like, you know, they, they didn't just get that complaint from one person. They want to make sure they go in and uh, and get to the bottom of that and make sure that it's not actually happening the way that the way that people believe it to be. Because, yeah, that would be a big problem if, if uh, you know, you got <laughs> robot it, umps yeah. and the robots are, are consistent know. enough of themselves, but the robots disagree with each other Man, from one park to another. Go to Dodger yeah. Stadium and the strike zones get real that small. Mil- that that Milwaukee strike zone yeah. is gigantic. And then you got the <laughs> ABS system disagreeing you with the home plate robot. Yeah. You're going to look, they're going to implement and then all of a sudden this team's ERA is going to shoot through the roof. And you're like, what happened there? Uh, I think the biggest We're takeaway here is they're still not discussing how they're going to put an actual robot behind the plate or what the robot's going to look Boston like. Boston Dynamics. I, I don't know Pull if through. it's going to be one of those, if it's going to be like a Jetson-like robot, maybe a droid from Star Wars. Mm. It doesn't matter. I'm down for whatever, but make sure it has <laughs> human-like features. I want little buttons for eyes. I want a jaw that opens up and like, I don't. That's strike. Getting, getting no, scary now. No, no, no. I want all that. Uncanny. Can you imagine if they snake. did it that yeah. way? Yes. Well, I mean, I love JJ. The ums so. should have to stand behind the plate with a puppet <laughs> and do it that way. Yeah, let's go. Uh, well, we thank you for being right here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, and leave us a little thumbs up just for our own personal uh, you know, self-esteem. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, leave us a review over there and subscribe uh, there as well. We always appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, most importantly, know you missed out on the Die Hard sale last week, but make sure to not miss out on becoming a Die Hard member. Uh, it is still a tremendous value because you still get that $50 Mountain Mike's gift certificate. You also get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get a golf car, uh, Dobson Ranch ranch card. You get a free shirt from the phnxlocker.com and 20% off all future purchases, including our brand new uh, snake bat shirt, bat snake, bat snake. That's pretty good, maybe. Bat yeah. snake? Yeah. I don't know. Like That sounds like... Uh, a, a tool Batman would have in his um, in his utility belt. The D bat. The B, the D bat. Yeah, all right, I'm okay know. with that too. Whatever it is, go grab that shirt. Uh, and like I said, get 20 percent off all future purchases. You also get access to our members only Discord lounge, Jesse's newsletter, full count, and all the newsletters for all of our wonderful writers around here, and so much more. So grab yourself a diehard membership today. Uh, Jesse missed out. We've added some things. Uh, that that basically uh, we celebrate around here. We make up um, every year now on this show mm. is our year. Mm. True. Every wow. month. Wow. Every month <laughs> on this show is Indigenous Peoples Month. True. Right. Every okay. month is uh, Black History Month also on this true. show. Every month is Women's History Month. Every month on this show is Black Women's History Month. Every week on this show is Shark Week. Every day on this show is Earth Day. But on Mondays. We go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. My mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. It's actually a mega mailbag Monday. Uh, and don't course, I get a holiday? You don't. No. Like, get, isn't there something that has anything to do with me at all in that, we'll that long of a list? We're, we're expanding it as much. I mean, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to keep the list, but we'll we'll, we'll fit something in there for you. But um, you're you're you are one of the people that they come here to ask questions of. And so, of course, you're celebrated as well. Stop being so selfish. Let's get to the questions. <laughs> what do we got for our first question out of the mailbag? Uh, Dewan Booker asks, if Lawler gets called up, how do you envision Tory, Tory, Tory. utilizing Tory, <laughs> That's uh, what Tory utilizing him in the lineup? Shortstop, third base, DH, and how often? Well, we know at this point that Lawler is, has not been called up as part of the you know, pre-September call-up, so we 
could only see Lawler if it's due to injury replacement. Is that right? Or is that no? We, I mean, we could we could see Lawler at any point just not throughout the September. Just not for the playoffs. No, we could yeah. see him in the play. Like we talked about the other day, we could see him in the playoffs. The D backs would just have to use that weird workaround yeah, thing Melanson. where they say Mark Melanson's on our playoff roster, but he's injured, so oh, okay. we have to have Jordan Lawler instead. They, right. they could do that. Oh, so yeah, I'll he like could that. still be called up at, at any point in September. Well, what are your thoughts on if they do call him up, where do you think they'll be utilizing him? Obviously, I feel like third base is, is seems like a very likely spot. Anyone's position. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to play him at third base. Uh, if Jordan Lawler does come up this season, I think he's going to be a shortstop. Uh, I guess he could get some time at DH as well. But the Diamondbacks aren't about to take, you know, a 21-year-old up from the minors who doesn't have that much professional experience and ask him to play a position that he hasn't really played. He's exclusively played shortstop this year. I want to say he exclusively played shortstop last year as well. Um, so, yeah, he's a shortstop. If he plays for the Diamondbacks, he's going to play shortstop. How often depends on... Some other factors, uh, a, a big factor, I think, would be whether Nick Ahmed is still in the organization. Yeah. Is Lawler kind of like an extra player or is Lawler someone that you brought in to replace someone who is like actively getting significant playing time? Um, if if he was, if he was here to replace a Nick Ahmed or something like that, I would expect to see him in there pretty regularly. Uh, when Corbin Carroll got called up last year, the Diamondbacks didn't call him up to just sit on the bench. Yeah, so very true. I would expect he would play pretty regularly. Um, and, and if he is playing regularly at shortstop, that probably moves Geraldo Perdomo over to, to third base. Okay. Uh, Perdomo would probably still get some time at second, still get some time at short. He'd kind of be floating around. Uh, but it would probably... Yeah, Perdomo would be the guy moving around. I don't think Lawler's really going to move around. I don't put too much stock in it, but to be honest, one of the things that always made me think that that exact thing was potentially going to be the case is that when we are there pregame, mm. we see Perdomo taking a lot of practice at third. I don't think it really means yeah. anything. I feel like it's just based on the field setup and the fact that you have like a – Somebody, you know, throwing a live or like a, you know, uh, batting practice. I mean, we've seen like Carson that, Kelly uh, take ground yeah, balls in third yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, I so. mean, yeah, no, I know. We've seen. <laughs> Stay um, ready. We've seen Christian Walker over like at second base shortstop, you know, fielding balls. And he, there's never been a moment where we thought he was going to, you know. Christian play Walker as a middle infielder would be unreal. He'd be elite, probably. Uh, uh, it would just be I just, unreal, not necessarily in a good sense. It would just be kind of crazy. Yeah, that's true. that's true. Perdomo has played a decent amount of third base this yeah. year, so that wouldn't be. Yeah. He's played. He's played at least some third base in ten games, and he's been he's been fine. It's just yeah, uh, he's good over there. Unfortunately, offensively, his numbers are terrible whenever he plays third base. I don't think there's well, any his bat just doesn't but... really profile at third base. Like sure. if you third base, you're not exactly looking for you know a guy who has who has six homers and over four hundred played appearances but you know he's been a good contributor for the diamondbacks this season he was obviously an all-star and uh you know at long-term third base is there's still some big questions there i think we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show yeah. but if you got to move perdome over to third base it's not the end of the world yeah ultimately i'll be happy with whatever results in uh, nick ahmed enjoying retirement and Catel Marte DHing and not having to play second base ever i don't think the answer to that is going to make itself apparent this year but um, yeah. In the future, if that means Perdomo playing third or second, um, I would not mind seeing it. All right. What else we got, Damon? Next question uh, comes from AZ Sports Girl 224 uh, Studios 2491. She asks, but we going to bounce back against the O's after the D-backs got their butts whooped in L.A. Uh, let's pull the curtain back here. We have no idea of the outcome of this <laughs> Orioles series. We're not actually working on Labor Day. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're not acknowledging your comments in any way. So we have no idea. Maybe the Diamondbacks swept the Orioles. Maybe they got swept. I don't know. I don't if know. people were actually convinced that we were here live this entire time, was, I, we get some serious props I think that, we, would, but. we deserve that. I mean, <laughs> if we're pulling back the curtain, can we address the Pavin Smith thing? No. Because I, no. I, didn't, I didn't get a chance hypothetically no. to address it yesterday. Absolutely not. And I'm upset. <laughs> well, okay. Go ahead. No, I mean, just, we can turn it into that because we have no answer for this question. I just don't want no? Jake McCarthy fucking die or something. Like, what it's are we doing? Horseshit. Say it. Yeah, Go. no, it is horseshit. Go, guys. What are we doing? Yeah, just why is Pavin Smith about this one? I thought we defeated him. I thought yeah. so too. Mm -hmm. You can't. He's like the Undertaker from lose. the dead. He never loses. He's a ghost. It's that match against AJ Styles. I don't want to see him. Match. Yeah. 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 Totally. Unbelievable. Um. Anyway. Uh. That's anything else we want to address about this show not being live right now? No. 
doesn't ah uh, yeah i think the, the curtain okay. has been pulled back so i think <laughs> we're, right. we're um, good <laughs> should we record alternative takes like should we do one where they like won the series and then one where they <laughs> i can't believe the arizona diamondbacks <laughs> just swept the baltimore that orioles that was fucking crazy that was, that was crazy zach uh, gallon that, like that perfect back. game that zach gallon perfect the game perfect was awesome game? I wasn't expecting people that. Are gonna be, if this series doesn't go well, people are going to be so angry. just in for the cycle. Right okay, if it didn't go well, then, oh, man, I can't believe them. the Diamondbacks just got swept oh, by the Orioles. Man, six in a row. That's Only tough. two Holy innings shit. for Gallon. That sucks. Nice. I thought oh, Gallon was unhittable man, I thought home. so, too. I thought he was capable of throwing a perfect game. Corbin Carroll went obviously. 0 for the whole weekend. That sucks. Perfect. Good. Damon, you've... Uh, you do that in post or whatever. Figure it out. You have to watch the series and then do that on Monday. All right. What else we got? Uh, Michael Rokicki asks, when did you know Corbin Carroll was different? Uh, for me, it was when Katie went to the game in his jersey. That's such a great question. Uh, for me, it was August 21st, 2000. That was the day he was born. The day he was born. The day he was born. I've known he was special ever, ever since yeah. that moment. Yeah. Like were you alive? Right? You were, I was alive? You were Come on two? now. Jesse, I'm older than you. Yeah. He yeah. Is. Jesse, by, by what, like, like a couple months? Yeah, or but I mean, if you were, I was. In That's spirit, fair. Jesse's like forty-five. I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> he should know I was around. He's right. I was two years old, man. Uh, Jesse, what, what are your thoughts on Corbin Carroll? When did, you did know I? He was him. He was him. That, was, that, was him. Okay, that that's an interesting question. Um. I remember the day that Corbin Carroll was first called up to the majors, and all of the excitement surrounding that day. And I believe he was playing right field. The, I think it was one of the first hitters of the game, game against the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the first hitters was Bryce Harper. He hits like a 115-mile-an-hour missile right at Corbin Carroll. Carroll kind of misplays it, and it's like, all right, there might be some initial jitters here for, you know, makes sense. I mean, he's 22 years old making his, making his Major League debut. And then later in the game, Corbin Carroll comes up with the biggest hit of the game. I believe it was a sort of base clearing double, a two, I think it was a two run double uh, that tied the game or gave the Diamondbacks the lead. I'm not remembering the exact details there, but it was an enormous, enormous hit. It was the biggest hit of the game and the biggest comeback in Diamondbacks franchise history. And, and I just remember on that day, like when a guy makes that kind of first impression, especially bouncing back from you know, one of the first plays of the game, not looking so great defensively when a guy is able to come back and, and do that and have that big of an impact in his first major league game at that age. That's that's an enormous accomplishment. So uh, I wouldn't say there there's necessarily one day, but if I'm if I'm picking one day where I where I kind of wondered, you know, this guy really might be the next big thing in Arizona. That first day in Arizona does does stand out. Yeah, if I'm being serious about it. Like, I, yeah, I don't know if there's an exact day because I feel like it happened over the first couple of, of weeks of the series or the season. But I think the first time that I saw him on an MVP graphic, like it was Acuna and him. And I was just like, oh, this is like everyone's recognizing how good this guy is. Like I'm not being because I mean, it's it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to know how much you are just kind of being like a homer and stuff like that. And how much of it is like is real. And when you see the rest of the the like national media recognize that this kid is one of the best in the game, it's like, OK, we, we, we like we have one. Um, yeah. It was like they, that feeling that's like not every not every franchise at all times gets to have one of those guys and we have one. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think the first time I saw him on on one of those MLB MVP race graphics, I was like, yeah, he's that guy. That's that's a good point. I think for if I'm being honest, the thing for me that clicked was when I found out when he had his shoulder injury and I kind of written him off as a bit of a of a disaster, you know, because mm. that was one of the things that they had said about him was that they didn't know if he had the durability to be a major league baseball player because he was kind yeah. of a smaller undersized kid at the time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those like, oh, here we go again, yeah. or not, not even here we go again, because at the time there wasn't this succession like we've had now of Jordan Lawler and also Drew Jones going through the same thing. But it was the hearing that he was sitting with the scouts thing yeah. that really made me go, I've never... He's a different heard kind of, of a player doing that. I really had. And like, there was nothing but praise being poured in for him. And like, this wasn't, I don't necessarily think when he was doing it as much as it was after uh, he had done it, but it was like just one of those things that in all the time of covering this team, I had never heard that. And I like, it, it even kind of dawned on me. Like I was like, I maybe I thought that this kind of was something that players did like, but they really don't. So when, mm. when, when a kid made the decision on his own, 
to do that, that it really stuck out as something. I mean, yeah. something that almost has become a blueprint that they try to encourage other young players that go through a similar injury or time where they can't be playing to do something similar, just to learn from a, a scout's perspective about pitching and to learn about the, the, the strike zone and to learn about stuff at a major just level. Stay like not... mentally engaged with the sport of baseball. Yeah. Like it's, but, it's, but it's like they easy. said, you know, you don't come out of the womb knowing how to hit a baseball. Yeah. You don't know how to come out of the womb <laughs> knowing how to recognize a pitch and things like that. Like that's the reason why someone like Brent Strom is so valuable within the organization. It's because of the wisdom that he can impart on these guys. There's good pitching coaches out there all across the country, yeah. but few of them have that experience that someone like Brent Strom has. And to be able to share that with a guy, to be able to do like what he did with Brandon Fott, you know, that's that's that experience. And like Corbin Carroll already seems wise beyond beyond his years. I feel like a big part of that was that knowledge that he gained from sitting with those scouts and, and yeah. you know, just just that commitment to the game. And we've heard about it a lot since then. We've heard a lot about how Corbin Carroll is just an absolute student of the game. He loves baseball. He loves doing everything he can to become a better player. Uh, and you don't really necessarily hear that praise about everybody. As a matter of fact, you, you hardly hear it when people are like, oh man, this guy literally eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball. You know, I feel like you hear that. I mean, if you're a major league baseball player, right? Like you, I don't know. Like, like I don't I said, think guys again, get here just like, oh yeah, you know, I practice for half an hour in the afternoon every it's, day. It's you know, the emphasis <laughs> though that people have on yeah, his he's on a different level. Yeah. You know, what I, I agree. Mean? Like yeah. yeah, so like guys do take time off. Guys do go like. Are you kidding me, Jesse? He fucking quit playing Fortnite for the major leagues. <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one. That shows a, a definite level of maturity. Not a lot of guys have. Um, Far cry from all that show we went with, went through with Kyler. Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's, there's, it is a special kind of of, of athlete. What else we got, Damon? I'm not doing this with him. Uh, Colin Kozak. I hope I said that right. Asked, uh, who is the biggest free agency splash this offseason? Uh, and obviously, we don't know the context in which he means that. Whether he means with the Diamondbacks or just in yeah, general, I gotta assume because the answer is Shohei. If it's not, I mean, the answer is Shohei. If it's not, the, the, yeah, if it's not right. the Diamondbacks, it's Shohei. Hopefully, if it's the Diamondbacks, it's still Shohei. But I don't see that happening. Well, Jesse and I again, <laughs> we were talking about Shohei and the impact before the show. Like uh, Shohei is just on a different level. There's no player in in baseball that's going to make as big of an impact as Shohei Otani, including even if he resigns with the Angels, because yeah. that means he's going to stay there for a long time. No other team is going to be able to have him. And all that he brings with him as a commodity is going to go to the Angels, yeah. too. You know, like there's yeah, a lot much of more than winning baseball games. It, it really is. Like, I mean, obviously, he's an incredible two way player. Yeah. So you're getting that out yeah. of him. Right. But you're also getting a tremendous amount of fan support internationally. You're getting ad revenue from companies that are going to they're going to they're going to advertise with your team mm -hmm. depending on whatever team he has like there is no player in baseball that is going to have as big of an impact on wherever he goes as, as Shohei yeah. but if you're talking about the Diamondbacks uh there are some guys I think the Diamondbacks I hope that the Diamondbacks look into and I just don't know technically how much those guys are going to cost them we've been talking all year yeah. about their issues with third base so I would love to see them maybe go after a Matt Chapman, but I don't mm. know if Matt Chapman is going to be actually worth the money. He's going to get hundred million dollars, right? At least. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would take. Listen, I Justin Turner's still been producing for the the Diamondbacks or for the the Red Sox, and I think considering how you look at the window for the the D backs, like if you could still get something out of uh, out of Justin Turner. <laughs> Justin Turner's about to turn 39. I absolutely I love not him. in on that. Oh, I still I love him. So not good. In on that. He's good though. Yeah. Like he's yeah. still producing for them. I mean, yeah, obviously Matt Chapman is like we're gonna end up with Matt Chapman. I'll, I'll be pretty Give me either. The I'll be pretty juiced. Right. Uh, I would rather have Matt Chapman, to be clear. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, but Justin Turner I would be happy with. I would be very happy. Give me give me a redhead. I just want them Not to lock up. Smith. Oh my god, you already got one. Uh, we, I just want them lock up third base. So no yeah, matter what they the do, I feel like or they just, need to bring in something at third base. An infielder of some way, in some way, because you can move around whatever. Like you can move Geraldo to third, like we were talking about. Because like I said earlier, I also don't want to see Cattell playing in the field if we can help it. Uh, I think you're probably going to have to see Cattell in the field for another, another year. Let's go least. get Whit Merrifield. Have one. Have him opt out. out. Let's go get Whit. I think uh, Justin Turner has a player option for next year. Oh. So the D-backs would need it, which he, he might, he very well might decline. 
Uh, if you could get more money on the open market. Yeah, yeah. Which you I, might be able to. From, well, there's not a lot of third baseman available. No. I mean, I mean outside of him and Matt Chapman. And Josh Donaldson. Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. Levin Longoria. Gio, Gio Bring him back. No. Um, I think, I mean, the Diamondbacks were interested in Justin Turner over this past offseason. That was that was a story we were talking about for a while. Plus, why so. not end your career in, in the desert, man? Yeah. Come come beat the you can Dodgers. play the Dodgers. You can go go be all buddy buddy with all your friends eight times a year or whatever it is because oh, that's how not, this shit don't works. Get Damon um, there, and yeah. then you can retire and nice every day. Yeah, yeah. It's a go good to, life. Go to kids' birthday parties, right? Kershaw's birthday. It's real slow paced party. out here. You don't got to worry about your heel problem that you've been dealing with. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Marcus. Yeah, Stroman, that's anyone? that's. You want to talk about injecting it straight into my veins, like stat. Yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, I love Marcus Stroman as a person. I love he's a great pitcher. He's going to cost a lot, but I like him a lot. Too much. He's probably going to cost too much for the Diamondbacks. He's another player option guy, yeah. but uh, given his uh, his current injury situation, I, I mean, I guess it I, that does make it a little more interesting. I'd have to look a little bit closer into Marcus Stroman's situation. I suspect he would still opt out. Um, but uh, he was not good in July, and then he and then he got yeah. hurt, and I believe his season is his season over. I think so. I yeah. think Marcus Stroman's season yeah. is over. So, uh, yeah, that's another guy who might be out there, might not be. But Seth Lugo. Who? Well, let's let Jesse go out because he's just turning all of our guys down. Who do you want? Well, Jesse? that's kind of what I do. You know, <laughs> that's that's my role on this what about, show. What about Mark Kershaw? Mark Canha. <laughs> sure. A, a yeah. Right, a right-handed hitting outfielder. I mean the D back yeah, the D backs are gonna need to, they're gonna need a right handed hitting outfielder. They can't let both Lourdes and Tommy Pham walk and not not acquire right handed hitting outfielder. Eighty year old Charlie Morton, anybody? No. <laughs> Charlie Morton is is incredible. It's incredible how Charlie Morton just continues to be fantastic. I mean well, how do you feel about either of the Seth Lugo or Blake Snell? Blake Snell is gonna get paid like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I would suspect that would be outside of the Diamondbacks price range. Seth Lugo's interesting. Got a player option, sense. Um, but uh, he's been having a good year, right? So I feel like he's probably going to opt out. No, Justin Turner. I'm looking at his defensive metrics. He's only played 57 innings at third base. He's at minus three defensive <laughs> runs saved and minus yeah. four. So I, I, he has been dealing with a, a, over he's been dealing with a heel injury. I know okay. that, so, so I don't know the, if if. He's just like been playing through it. He even himself said he's either hitting home runs or singles. Like he can't, he can't really move all that well. So okay. I don't know if that's something that plans to get addressed in the off season. Maybe he'll be able to play third again. I'm not sure, um, but well, that's why I just want him, any kind of infielder so we can just. And the correct just, answer is Rich Hill. The correct answer is Dick it. Mountain. I don't want that's him. I don't want answer. Dick Mountain on this team. I don't, just, I don't think that's just the correct answer. I think that is objectively jokes. the wrong answer. <laughs> for a season of joke. Well. Uh, I will tell you this: the thing that is no joke uh, is never the wrong answer. Never the wrong answer is betting on a nerfy on Friday. True, right? On the BetMGM sportsbook app, you can get uh, kind of uh, nerfy Friday, and that is going to be uh, no run first innings. Of course, for those of you that are seasoned, for those of you that aren't, uh, it's it's uh, an insurance situation where if you place a no run first inning bet on any major league bet uh, baseball game where you bet no on the will there be a run in the first inning market, uh, you will get your uh, bonus bet back, equaling your stake up to $25 if your bet loses, but only one run is scored. That is available on Friday, so do not miss out on Nerfy Friday. And sometimes, like I said uh, in previous shows, they do increase that uh, the backing, the insurance on those, uh, like it's been $50 recently. So again, you bet on that. If you don't hit, you get your bet back in a bonus bet. For $50. So make sure to check that out over at BetMGM. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up for BetMGM using bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 
Well, I am starving. As am I. We always are hungry on this show. And of course, uh, we're just always hungry. We're just always hungry. They don't feed us. They don't. And we always have to do this show right around like lunchtime or dinner. Yeah, that's the crazy part. I feel like they purposely are like, yeah, we're going to have food come at 1 30 on Monday. When are you guys doing your show? Yeah, one fifty. One. We're gonna have it coming exactly <laughs> a half an hour after, so it sits there for a little bit. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, miserable, miserable. And we gotta us. smell it while we wait. And it's, it's still like, good. The, the food's it's still incredible. good, but it's incredible. It's just the it's it's the torture that we get. Food meant through. to be ate fresh. Smelling it and not getting to go eat it. What, nah, the worst part is watching all these people because I am a man plates. of principle. I'm not eating until everybody gets their food. Unlike some people here, um, and I just watch and everybody walk in. You don't eat in. until everyone Since gets their when? food. In nah. what way? I mean, at restaurants. At restaurants. <laughs> yeah, in restaurants. Uh, yeah, not not yeah. situation. Not, not actually. You can't. You can't wait for any of these savages around here to eat anything. They're all a bunch of monsters, and they'll. Eat you can't them. even wait. It, yeah, it's I every man for themselves yeah, around here. Yeah, no, I don't. Matt, you, you wait too long. Matt's gonna take a whole thing of queso without exactly. You know exactly. All the all the meatballs from the spaghetti shack are gone, but uh, that and that's when I'm really sad because I love the spaghetti shack. I love uh, their giant uh, trays of food that they bring us that could feed an garlic army. Bread. They got garlic bread. They have all the basics, and that's the beautiful part about it is you don't need to get fancy. Sometimes when it you comes just want spaghetti and garlic bread, dog. Right for real, and you like want a meatball. and, and meatballs, and that's what that's what Spaghetti Shack provides. It provides a menu starring spaghetti, meatballs, and garlic bread, and a few other fan favorites, and it is a ASU alone, alum owned and operated business, uh, and they provide to the ASU community as well as the rest of us quality and affordable food as quickly as possible. So make sure to check them out. Uh, they are all about currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek. So if you are in those areas, make sure to check that out. Uh, they just celebrated their new ASU location uh, on August, uh, opening up on August 19th. Uh, again, out there at that location, you can get spaghetti. You can get one meatball and garlic bread for just $3.99. That is practically a free lunch. It's only valid. Uh, well, it was valid. I'm sorry. I'm reading. I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing because I'm reading from their grand opening. But, uh, of course, uh, make sure to check them out at 922 East Apache Boulevard in Tempe, Arizona. So Spaghetti Shack, again, thank you for, for providing incredible food to the community and to us right here. Uh, but we got more Mailbag Monday questions to go. Damon, uh, let's get one from the guy that made me all misty-eyed. Cogs, your message in our little bag made me made me choke up, pal. But uh, I have not read mine yet for the record, so I don't know if mine made me choke up. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, they're, they're tearjerkers. But King Snake Cogs asks, what is everyone's favorite narrative stat? Something like BWAR, et cetera. Basically a stat that is used to fit specific narratives and is deceiving. Uh, well, I mean, all of all, them, all of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, you know what? I uh, honestly, I guess it's not my favorite, but the one that drives me the most nuts, the one that I really feel is what he described there is like errors mm. because errors are so objective. There is literally a scorekeeper up there watching subjective. you. Yeah. Sub, you mean subjective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Subjective. Sorry. Not objective. But subjective. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's one of those situations where he absolutely decides based on your athletic ability and how he feels if you could have gotten to the ball or not if it's an error it really tells nothing but then we base things like fielding percentage on it so it's like it's a stat that then impacts other stats and becomes deceiving because yeah i mean if you're a mediocre if you're a mediocre defender uh you're not going to get a lot of errors because you're not even going to be in the vicinity of a ball when it comes through i'm sorry i just saw a meme on twitter about Paven smith oh yeah um, no. yeah hi <laughs> I just got distracted by Pavin. You're all right. Yeah. All right. John <laughs> just wanted to announce that he was distracted <laughs> by, this, by this meme. He just wants to bring away, find a way to bring it back. I oh, can't. Just derail the show twice. Yeah. I can't really come up with any one stat that I think is is like misconstrued because all of them, frankly, can't be. Yeah. You, you so often see comparisons between two players of, you know, a few select numbers. And, like, you can, you can convince... You can make a statistical argument for almost any player over any other player if you just yeah. pick the right numbers. Obviously, like okay, if it's Mookie Betts against Travis Jankowski, that one's a little that one's a little tough. Um, but if you if you just kind of cherry pick the numbers that make your argument, you can do just about whatever with mm -hmm. baseball stats. So yeah. it's not really one number for me. It's just like. I don't know. Make sure you're giving the make sure you're giving the the complete picture when you yeah. when you compare two guys. I love expe expected batting average because I am a hater, 
And so there's nothing I enjoy more than finding guys who are performing way out of their expecting batting average and being like, this guy actually sucks. Um, I did <laughs> He's that. hitting 296, but that is definitely yeah. not real. I, I did that. I mean, I did that a lot with um, alternate, like with um, Julio Urias coming into this season. I'm like, his XBA last year was not, his opponent's XBA last year was not that good. And the shift is gone now and he's not going to be that good. And he hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year. Um, you know, they, good, they changed this, like the savant visuals are oh, all yeah. different oh. now. They we're are. gonna we're gonna have to do like a deep dive into this at some point because it, it's like it's very it's different messing with my mind. Yeah, I don't like um, it. I kind of like it, but I don't like it. You mean like like Urias's expected ERA last year yeah, was two eight one compared to two one six? I mean, two eight one's still pretty good. Yeah, but I just I, I mean that was me being a hater. Like yeah. I said, I just yeah. and I use it. Yeah, I definitely use it. I will say I use that as being my reason for wanting to get rid of Jake McCarthy when we were talking about last offseason, like which outfielders are going to be included in the trade. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I'm glad that was not what they did. Like, I'm glad that Varsha was the one that went if someone had to go. But but uh, there was some truth to what the expected stats said about Jake McCarthy yeah, last year, true. which was yeah, he probably wasn't, you know, the eight. 30 OPS guy that he yeah. was in the second half of the season. There were there was some some luck in there that, you know, probably wasn't sustainable. So I also really like it like as a real stat too. Like I do think it is valuable in showing kind of who guys really are. By the way, speaking of that, do you guys know who leads all of Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved? Uh, is it Gabby Moreno? It's Dalton, Dalton Varsho. Yeah. Oh, Varsho. yeah. Yeah, it would be Dalton Varsho. Tell Marte. Dalton Varsho is one of very few players that can be like a well below average hitter and still be like a genuinely good player yeah. because his defense, at least according to defensive run, defensive run save thinks Dalton Varsho's 2023 season is like the best defensive year by yeah. any player in MLB history. Uh-huh. Basically, uh-huh. It, it's uh-huh. it's insane. Uh, all right. What else we got? Uh, Travis Moore, more for me on Twitter, asks what draft pick to the D-backs get if Carroll wins rookie of the year? How is it determined what pick they get exactly? Uh, yeah, and I know this is a question a lot of people have, so we wanted to address it. Uh, I, I, I'm i pretty sure the answer is that they get a pick after the first round. Is that right? Yeah. Like it's not a number, but it's just essentially the first pick after the first round is over. Yeah, because sometimes the competitive balance picks? it is. Okay. Yeah, it's directly after the first round. Sometimes not every team gets a first round pick because of, you know, if they sign a free agent or whatnot, they can they can lose picks. Uh-huh. Um, so this past year or I guess this year in, in 2023, uh, you know, the, the Seattle Mariners got the prospect promotion incentive pick that the Diamondbacks would get because Julio Rodriguez won rookie of the year last right. year. So that pick for them fell at number 29 because there were. 28 teams that had a first round pick and then it was immediately after that so uh, i don't yeah we don't know exactly what number it will be but it is directly after the first round and of course that is the even though he won't address it even though we won't talk about it very much that seems to be the big core goal corbin carroll had set in mind coming into the season as far as what what he really wanted to accomplish and like probably he, one of one of many one of many yeah, yeah but i mean that really, is all seemed to have accomplished yeah there's a lot of value in that pick i mean because it's not like it upgrades one of your picks it is just like an additional, an additional pick, pick at number yeah. you know number it's 30 number so, 29 that's that's a lot of value it's so good i mean and right now thank you that, corbin that could happen thank you corbin all right what else we got uh snake fan skeletor the great asks what what do you believe to be our future solution at third base farm talent or free agency uh, and i thought this was a great question because to be honest i don't really know who out of the farm system yeah, right say. now would would be it i mean i would love to say ivan melendez i would love to say that but i just don't know if his defense is ever going to play at a major league level at third base yeah and i, I don't yeah. feel like that's going to happen i mean uh, as we kind of talked about earlier like I don't think it's. I definitely don't think it's with the farm system. I think it's either someone that's on the roster now. I think it's either Geraldo Perdomo or a free agent. Ultimately, like you either move Geraldo there or you go get a third baseman. Yeah. Um, I don't it, think, it would, especially I would, in the near term. Yeah, in the near term, Geraldo. Perdomo could could play third base. I in the long term, I I don't know if I see Perdomo being like a long term yeah. player there. At least not 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 an ideal one. Not not an ideal fit. One name that does come to mind for me is Tommy Troy. Uh, oh, D-backs first round pick from go. from just a couple months yeah. ago. Uh, he has played shortstop so far, 
uh, to start his pro career. And, and he said that's the position he enjoys the most. Uh, he that's has everybody some, that plays on the left side of the infield says that. Yeah, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Like as someone who's just entering pro ball, yeah. like you want to start at the most challenging position and see if you can establish yourself there. And if not, you can always move somewhere else. I think he would profile pretty well at third base. I think I think he has a chance to hit enough to play third base. He's got enough power where I think he could he could his bat could profile at third base. And defensively, you know, even if shortstop is not a long term ideal fit for him, or even if it is, uh, the D-backs could move Tommy Troy over over to third base eventually. That's still a couple years away. So you know, for 2024, I don't know if you're going to see Tommy Troy play any third yeah. base for the Diamondbacks, but. Uh, he's honestly the one guy in the farm system right now where it's like, yeah, the bat and the defense both make sense at that yeah. position. I, he already seems much further along than Drew Jones, and I don't want to take an unnecessary shot at Drew Jones, but it's just Tommy yeah. Troy already seems like he's moved up so many Big levels. Big difference between and, a college yeah, pick and a high yeah, school absolutely, pick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think... I think it, as far as the free agent thing is concerned, like if you want to actually like if you're actually going for it in this offseason, as far as free agent is concerned, you're actually trying to win a World Series next year, like you have to go sign a third baseman. I don't think or again, an infielder and move things around like you have to. Yeah. So I think I don't think any like the variety of people that you've seen play third base this year are going to be playing third base next year if this team is actually attempting to win a World Series. So I think they're going to have to sign most likely a third baseman, but at least some kind of infielder in the free, in free agency or or trade for one or yeah or whatever be. whatever it is yeah i agree it's probably gonna have to be external for for 2024 all right what else we got damon uh this question we think we think this question came from elise uh this how do question, we not know who the question well came from? because it's from a protected account and the account account oh. name was just e that was the the screen name uh and her twitter handle or this person's twitter handle is E-L-I-S-U-L-L. Uh, and Elise is just a legend around these parts, so we just figured... We hope it's Elise. We hope it's her. <laughs> uh, she asked, question for Mailbag Monday. What is one of the most ridiculous, awful sports takes you've ever heard? For example, a guy I work with told me this morning, and he was dead serious, that Shohei Otani is nothing special. <laughs> he doesn't help the Angels more than Trout does, and anyone <laughs> could do what he is doing if MLB had allowed it before. I literally laughed out loud at him, but inspired me to ask what other ridiculous takes people have heard. The only thing I will say about that is that I not by no means do I think that there would be like 18 other Shohei's if Mobile. But like, I do think you would see, I think there's plenty of stories of guys who like played on both sides and now ultimately throughout the minor leagues or whatever got that kind of beaten out of them and they ended up having to be one thing or the other like i do think there's situations where if mlb was more open to the idea of letting guys be two-way players there would be more two-way players yeah yeah um, like like as if mlb is holding people back it's absolutely the not idea, that it's the fact that you're not good at either one of those things yeah, enough to do exactly. both of them at the, the same idea time that so jt real muto would be out here like with a, a 280 RA or something I don't think yeah. is is real like I don't think there I think Shohei would still probably be the best two-way player if there were a bunch of two-way players so that yeah the take is ridiculous my most ridiculous take is Jacob saying that he doesn't like gray uniforms I think that's bullshit that's fucking insane Jacob. I think that's insane <laughs> that is insane Jacob I don't road really. I don't really baseball? like. I don't really like road grades. You're either. also wrong. We've, also had, wrong. we've had this conversation on this show before, and don't it went come, very much like this. Don't come <laughs> into my ballpark and try to show me up. You yeah. better wear your most drab, ugly colors and fucking blend in with the background. As far as I'm are concerned, we, this ain't about you tonight. It's about us. Are we limiting this to baseball or sports takes in general? This is sports takes in general. Okay. All I right. mean, one of my least favorite sports takes or or. Baseball takes is is Damon's I don't give a shit about Pedro's uh, all-star performance where he struck out the best hitters in baseball history. Do not give a single um, shit. Yeah, I think that's absurd. That's um, in general, this got brought up earlier today. Cool. I don't think it's about... This is not so much about like who's better than the other. I just think it's insane when people bring up the LeBron versus Jordan conversation or like... Jordan's never lost to finals. And it's like, since when do we punish guys for making the NBA finals? That's in, that's does not yeah, make any logical sense correct. to me. I, mean, I, I, I will listen to conversations about Jordan being the GOAT, but trying to punish LeBron for dragging Zdrunas Ilgauskas and Anderson Barajal to an NBA finals and not winning that is absurd to me. 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, 
I, I, I don't really like baseball or like I don't like comparison uh, quarterback. Who's the best quarterback of all time? Like there's just too many variables there when I you talk it. about I guys. For, I live for debate. Well, no, I'm not saying I no, don't live for you, debate, but it's like at the end of the day, it's absurd to really have that much uh, invested in thinking, uh, yeah. you know, a guy from today could have been as good of a guy from fucking the days back when they let the defensive line literally slaughter quarterbacks and they had to get back up yeah. and go out there and throw the ball. Yeah, again. Eras like, of sports are very hard to compare. Different eras, right? Yeah. But uh, Jesse, what about you? What's one of the worst takes you've ever heard? I know you look. I, say, I misunderstood the question. I thought it was supposed to be like what like was your worst, worst sports take. Well, so I'm wait, just like wait, needlessly about to throw myself under the bus. That. Let's get that. <laughs> what is your worst sports take? <laughs> so for sports in like general, uniforms. Yeah, for, that is okay, yeah, terrible. sure, whatever. <laughs> for sports in general. Uh, I did not. I'm gonna get just absolutely oh mauled boy. for this. I didn't think Devin Booker was gonna be a very good player. Oh I'll my just, god! I'll just straight up say it. <laughs> oh my god. When, I'm not gonna punish you too I much for that. Yeah, no, me neither. Because no. like, okay. yeah, All right. I mean, it's I appreciate like a, that. Everyone has opinions on college athletes, like on on prospects. So like the idea, like. But it wasn't. It wasn't just like when they drafted him. I was like, "Oh, this guy's not oh, going to be very good." It's like he had played a couple years in the league, <laughs> and you were and like, He's like before yeah. he was, you know, taking the Suns to the finals. Obviously, yeah, it was sure. before that. Sure. But I just didn't. I don't know. I was like, you it know, was, he's shooting like forty-two percent like, from the core. I don't know if this yeah. is. I don't it was know like if he's he was the best player on a bad team. That, so like by comparison, yeah. yeah, he stood out as the star. I kind of get that though. And honestly, the Suns drafted so poorly everybody yeah. else, and I could see it was just kind of the default your assumption. breath on everybody right? <laughs> that's very like, similar to my bryce harper take because when he signed with the phillies in the years leading up to that i was very consistent and i, I mean to a certain extent it's still true but that he was like the most overrated player in baseball and that they were going to regret that contract and they paid him too much and i think again in the grand scheme of things i think it's kind of still true that he's overrated like he's had a couple of incredible seasons but obviously i mean the um, man has a career 912 ops yeah i mean that's I mean, pretty but, darn and that's pretty darn incredible. No, I mean, he's obviously a great baseball player. I just thought he was being overrated in terms of being... Sure. He was the face of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that was like a, a extensive. And I thought that what the Phillies paid him was ultimately going to be too much. But ultimately, I was wrong in the sense that's that... That's one of the few like insane level contracts. It's yeah. actually like, yeah, well... He single-handedly got it. that team yeah. to a World Series, yeah. so yeah. I was wrong. Hand up. I'm going to give you my worst one, and then I'm going to throw my brother under the bus. First, oh. I, I want to say my brother... Is has one of just consistently the worst sports takes, and the reason why <laughs> is he doesn't really like sports that much, nor does he watch sports. He has things he watches like bass fishing and things like that that he enjoys. So because of him being on ESPN two while watching bass fishing, he just gets the ticker down at the bottom. So he gets like half pieces of information and then has conversations with me about it, and he'll be like, you know, like. Hey, I heard that, like, and he's completely wrong because he's just filling in the other half with stuff that is mind dreamed up. So that's uh, that's a hilarious conversation to have. But when he does, because every once in a while he'll be like, "Hey, man, the Diamondbacks are on like a six game winning streak. That's really good. I saw like so and so have two home runs last night or something." I'm like, "What? Wait, <laughs> you actually you paid attention? Wow, that's awesome. That's actually what happened last night." But uh, my own personal worst sports take ever was watching a single episode of sports science on ESPN and going around and telling people oh that the reason why baseball players were hitting more home runs in the late 90s was due to the fact that Rawlings was getting leaner leather uh, <laughs> for their baseballs and making insane, them harder. And, and being like, oh, well, there's an exponential oh increase of velocity and distance by 0.005%, then a lot of the balls that fall at the warning track would go for home runs. And I mean, that's why this is happening. Unreal. That's, That's an all time. I want to go too. So I'll I'll say my worst one that I can think of off the top of my head is I thought Justin Herbert was going to be atrocious, and he's <laughs> yeah. he has a decent shot at being yeah. the all, NFL's all time leading passer at yeah. the end of his career. Yeah. yeah. And then overall sports take. I don't know if it's really a take, but just changing the colors of the Diamondbacks, I think, is the most egregious. Yeah. <laughs> I think anybody who opinion. says that they like the yes. current scheme, that's, 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 that's the worst take. most egre yeah. egregious sports take you can possibly I'd agree. have. That's fair. Because there are people that don't even care about the Diamondbacks. They're like, why did they ever stop yeah. with the purple it's and It's one teal. of those things. Awesome. Like it's the, it's the Diamondbacks purple and teal. It's the Coyotes Kachina. It's the yeah. Mighty Ducks logo. It's like all of these things where it's like, why yeah. did you ever go away from it? Yeah. And at, le and the, the, at least at least the, the Coyotes had the common sense to go back. All right. Damon, we got one more question. 
Uh, we got two more. Uh, Brett Lee Johnson asks, why do the D-backs get aggressive with roster moves, cutting Carson, then turn around and bring back a player, Paven Smith, who has provided less value than Carson? Because Paven Smith is is Tory's sweet little baby boy. I think it's honestly, if I'm being honest <laughs> and not, not, not giving you takes like that, it's because he's... It's 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 his versatility in in Tory's mind, and it's the the yeah. the gap that he feels. Even if it's not very good, it's still somebody that he feels like can back up at first, can play outfield. I mean, it, I don't know if it, there's well, really that. I mean, I, the I, I don't, I mean Christian Walker plays that. basically yeah. every day. I, I don't really need a backup first baseman. A guy like Pavin and a guy like Carson is that like at the end of the day, we're very hard. Some of us at least are very hard on Pavin and. Like, the reality is, is he does offer some things. Carson was just like, Madison Bumgarner, what did they offer? It was basically nothing. They were, they were, they were, and I know Pavin's a very frustrating player, but at times he does do things right, and at times he's a good baseball player, he's and he offers some, something. some big hits for this. That was not really the case with Carson. Like, yeah. at, at a point where there was a, a, you needed to get rid of somebody, right, because Gabby came back, and I don't think you could make the argument that Carson was better than Herrera. Or that you um, want to carry three catches. Exactly. So I think at that point, you needed to make that move. But alternatively, got to call someone up. And I, I agree that I, I don't think Pavin was the right choice. Like, if you're calling up an outfielder, I would have rather had Jake. But um, there's a reason for it. Like, he offers something. Yeah, I, I think what a lot of it comes down to is just what the competition at that position looks yeah. like. Like for Carson Kelly, the D-backs also have Jose Herrera. And I guess the Diamondbacks just felt that they'd seen enough of Jose Herrera where it was like, there's just not that big of a difference between these two guys at a certain point. We have three catchers sort of, well, Gabby is obviously yeah. on a different level, but the Carson and, and Jose Herrera, I think we're similar enough where it's like, okay, we can, we can move on from Carson Kelly. We have someone right there who's going to give us a similar, a similar amount of value in the outfield right now. The Diamondbacks aren't getting a whole lot of offense from anyone outside of Corbin Carroll, frankly. Mm. Uh, Lourdes has just not really been good offensively since the end of May when he was an absolute monster. Um, Tommy Pham got off to a decent start for the Diamondbacks, hasn't really contributed a whole lot offensively in, in recent days. And and Paven Smith, you know, I, I mean, the Diamondbacks have a lot of outfielders, but Paven Smith it, it bats left-handed, and, uh, you know, which obviously they have plenty of left-handed hitting outfielders, but Jake McCarthy hasn't hit much in the majors this year. Dominic Fletcher uh, is currently injured uh, down in AAA. So there's just not a whole lot of clear like, oh, this guy's better than Paven Smith offensively. This guy's better than Paven Smith offensively. And and obviously he's an extra player here. The D-backs aren't bringing in Paven Smith to replace Tommy Pham or replace Lourdes Gurriel Jr., but he's he's an extra option for them in the outfield. They only have four outfielders on the roster uh, you know, before before this this thing happened. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying I agree with the decision, but, you know, he at least relative to the competition around him, no one has really separated themselves offensively in the outfield outside of Corbin Carroll. All right, Damon, what else we got? Last question goes to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth Ooh. asks, what's your favorite dog breed? This is going to burn the show down. That is a tough. Yeah, this is this is not easy. That is tough. Uh, I used to be a veterinary technician, so I will take the lead on this. Oh myself. yes, uh, the the best, my favorite dog breed, the best dog breed is a corgi. That's mm. it. That's the answer. Uh, corgi butts are the best butts. Corgi dogs are the best <laughs> dogs. They're low riders. Uh, they don't shed a tremendous oh, amount. They're super uh, cute. Uh, I have French a French bulldog, and I have pugs. And I would like to, in their defense, say they are good dogs. <laughs> but you have to know what you're doing with these stupid idiots. They have <laughs> folds that you have to clean out and stuff. There's a lot of grossness when it comes to flat-faced dogs. So I, as much as I would like to say French bulldog, because they truly are the dog that makes me squeal like a small child every time I see one. There is a lady that brings a French bulldog to the wrestling show that I'm a commissioner of. And every single time I go say hi to the dog and I don't even bother saying hi to the lady. I just, it's the dog is there. And I go say hi to him. That's it. I love dogs, but this is a hard one for me. This is a hard one. Honestly, the best dog is a mutt. I mean, that's yeah. the truth. Like a mutt that you adopted from a shelter that knows uh, how fleeting and and, yeah. and and delicate life is. That's the dog that you want. That dog yeah. will love you for the rest of your life. Um. I I have a handful of ones that I really like. Um, first off, I think the most beautiful dog I've ever seen 
my mom growing up, she had a German Shepherd Husky mix really? with two different wow. colored eyes. And that's yeah. like an incredible dog because yeah. those two breeds of dogs right there in their own right yeah. are incredible. Um, I just have a soft spot for pit bulls dog because they're oh, so they're so uh, like misrepresented. Like, yeah. Pit bulls oh, yeah. are just incredible dogs. Yeah, they are the sweetest. Um, I, I really love them. Um, but from a visual perspective, like huskies are my my dogs. I love I, huskies are so fucking cool. I'm just a big dog guy. Huskies, German Shepherds, like uh, Bernese Mountain Dogs, St. Bernards. We need an office like, dog. Like, I'm, I'm pro. <laughs> an but, office no, dog. Well, the flip side of my love for big dogs is that I'm also pretty allergic to dogs. So oh. I, I from like a personal what dog I want, oh, it's a golden doodle because they're hypoallergenic. And they're awesome. It just makes my life easy. Awesome. And they're smart as shit. Yeah. yeah. Jesse? Golden doodles are fantastic. Poodles in I general. Like poodles yeah, are a dope that, dog. That's honestly what I was going to say. Yeah. I think poodles are, you can mix poodle with just about anything. It's going to be a and fantastic smart as hell. dog. Yeah. They, you know, it's, Damon's kind of looking at us like he's got an opinion on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I like boxers, but also mm. who needs a dog when you have Jesse Jr. Yeah. Snake. When you got the yeah, snake, true. Jesse Jr. over that's, there. That's a great point. He's behind the control Who needs a dog when you have Damon? how to produce. Yeah, Damon's my favorite, Damon's my dog. favorite dog. <laughs> Absolutely. We are Damon's dogs. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we thank you guys, as always, for your questions. You guys are the best. Uh, we also thank you uh, for all the wonderful gifts that our diehard sent us and all mm. the wonderful messages. Uh, we can't we can't thank you guys enough. You guys do make this whole thing special. And uh, today's been kind of weird without you in here. But uh, I will still tell well, they're, you. They're chaotic. They're here. You're here in they're, our hearts. They're there. Yeah, you are here. Uh, I will tell you, though, that we're we're not the only family you need to join. You need to join the inner circle over True. at Circle K because it is the best way for you to get all sorts of free, wonderful stuff. You can text PHNX to 31310, uh, and that will join their subscriber club, SMS subscriber club, and you'll get a buy one, get one free on Polar Pops. You can also join their inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com. For details, uh, but that will get you 25 cents off your first five Phillips over at Circle K, which of course they already have cheap gas, so you're gonna get it even cheaper. And then you'll get buy five, get the sixth one free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, and of course their ice cold fountain drinks. So sign up today over there and become part of the inner circle. I'm become, I'm become, I'm becoming. All right, that's all the Judas you're going to get out of me because we'll get DMCA'd. But uh, we also <laughs> want to give a shout out to our friends at Pins and Aces. I know golf season is here. It's cooling down. We finally don't have to get up at 6 a.m. to go out and go golfing. But again, Pins and Aces, wonderful polo shirts. They're not just for the links. They're not just for the golf course. They're for everywhere. They are comfortable. They're lightweight. They're stretchy. They're perfect for the super hot times of the year. And of course, they have wonderful patterns uh, that are delightful. So make sure to check them out. It is a family-owned golf and apparel business that is the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and All City. Of course, we love our Pins and Aces gear, especially our custom-made little Phoenix polos that we have. Um, they make amazing polos like that, as well as hats, golf bags, uh, and of course, the beer sleeve. That's not just for golfing, it's for any time. But check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Well, I'm all done working uh, on this uh, faux pseudo Labor Day that we're here <laughs> pretending to work on. So, do you have any big plans for Labor Day? Uh, I do not. I have none at all. In fact, in oh, a, that's in, the right way to celebrate. That Labor is Day. exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. I'm going to maybe watch uh, all three episodes of Ahsoka again and just bask in the baseball Star baby. Wars Don't we have like baseball all day on? Labor yeah, Day? we do. We do one o'clock baseball game today. Right now, we we were. Watch us and then go watch baseball in a little bit. That's the way this is going to work, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know how scheduling works with these things. Okay. I'm probably at said baseball game right now. Someone oh. someone around here has to go to the ballpark. And, you know, <sighs> someone's got to work on Labor Day. <laughs> I, 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 I guess. I mean, you, yeah, no one's forcing you to go anywhere, Jesse. But actually, we'll yes, it is. It's me. I'm forcing him. But uh, <laughs> make sure to follow Jesse for his shenanigans at the ballpark. And Jesse N. Friedman, this maniac next to me is at Sean underscore to pause. I, of course, am once again your mayor of PHNX. I need my goddamn sash back. Uh, but you can follow me at cap underscore caveman with a K. We are Damon's dogs, and you can follow Damon and be one of his dogs, too, at Damon. D-A-W-G on Twitter. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but of course all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much for your time. Uh, and remember kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you have robots behind home plate. <laughs>